0: Well, it is Christmas at Zoe around here all month long. Obviously, lots of fun. Hopefully, you had a cookie already. Have some milk. If not, grab it on your way out the door. Um, but, oh, it got a little brighter in here. Well, I'm hoping oh, it got quiet again. It's dark again. That's fine. Whatever. It was, it was great for a second. I could see you out there. That was great. Um, but uh, around here, we, as we celebrate uh, Christmas, I shared at the very beginning that a lot of times when we get to the Christmas season, we, we get really, really busy, Right? In this season that's supposed to be about Jesus, we end up getting off track. And what I shared with you is the fact that oftentimes, even in the church, we can do the same thing. We can be guilty of the same thing. Because during the season of Christmas, we talk about Mary, we talk about Joseph, we talk about all these other things, but how often do we truly talk about who Christ is? How We we talk about the impact that he can make in our lives. And so that's what we've been doing this month. Two weeks ago, uh, we talked about the reality that Christmas isn't about a baby, it's about a king, amen? It's about a king who came to transform the world and to transform your life. But then last week, we talked about this. We talked about the fact that that God came as Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. God with us. No matter what you're experiencing, no matter what you're going through, what you're facing in life, God came to be with you. This morning, we're going to go and look at what I would say is one of the most powerful statements that we find in Scripture. that Jesus talks about himself, why he came and I think this word is something every one of us needs to get a hold of. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, the gospel of Luke as you're turning there. Uh, just a reminder, we've been in a Bible reading plan. Some of you have been in it all year long as we're reading through the whole scripture. We've got like three weeks left, all right? And so stick in there. We're almost done as we get through the whole scripture. Would you stand with me as we're going to read our primary text here this morning? Uh, we do this every week. It's a tradition around here to say, "Man, you know, we value God's word more than my words. We, we're here to say, what do you have to say to us? Just going to read two verses to you this morning. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 says this. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you that that you want to speak to us. Lord, this isn't just something you wrote 2,000 years ago. This is something that you want to speak to our hearts today. And so in the midst of everything we got going on, and so many of us walked in the door carrying different burdens, God, I pray that your words would come alive in our hearts. You would speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. You can be seated. Well, question for you, just a quick question. How many of you, when you get a really good piece of news, Right, a good piece of news, or you know, something exciting happens to you. You get a really good gift. How many of you out there, honest, are kind of like screamers and squealers? Any of you? A couple of you, right? Like I said, like ah! you know, we got people. Uh, this may surprise you, um, but I'm married to a screamer. Okay. <laughs> Like she's, people love telling her news because her responses are just fun. Like it just makes it more fun. Like I had a buddy of mine a week ago who called me with some really exciting news and I responded as I respond. You know, I'm like, oh, that's, that's great. That's really exciting, you know? I said, wait, I'm, I'm not gonna call my wife and tell her. I'm gonna wait till I get home and I'm gonna video when I tell her this news. And sure enough, what did she do? Dah! I was just scream and she's all excited whatever i sent him the video and he was very excited right cuz that's just not how i am like i'm far more low key but it's good it's good in our relationship one of us has to be the even person i am i'm the vanilla person okay that's who i am i'm a lot like my grandma okay my grandma i love my grandma she passed away a few years ago she was an amazing woman amazing woman of prayer just loved her miss her but something happened every christmas Okay, we would get her presents, you know, and we'd think, oh, we're going to get this great present from my grandma. She's going to love this present. But inevitably, the same thing happened every Christmas. She'd open it up and she'd say, "Huh, what'd you get me this for? (laughs) I don't know, grandma. Maybe I shouldn't have got you anything, grandma. But she did every year. And then we would have to explain to her, okay, grandma, this is why we got you this. This is what it is. This is what it is. Oh, Okay. Thank you. I'm like, uh-huh. it takes all the fun out of it. I love giving my wife presents. Like if I get her a good present, it's like, this is so amazing. It makes me feel good. Okay. If you want to feel good, buy my wife something. It'll make you feel good. Okay. <laughs> it also help my pocketbook. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> when we get to Christmas, I think our responses a lot of times can be like my grandma. Like, right, we get it. Oh, Yeah. The baby, right? The baby, and he's a savior, and he did this for me, all those kind of things. But I think we can miss the power of what Christmas really means for every single one of us. And this is why I love the passage that we just read together, because this is the first moment in the book of Luke when Jesus comes right out and says, this is why I'm here. You want to know why I'm here? You want to know why I've showed up on the scene? This is why. Why? I want to help you understand like what's going on in the passage right here. If you read the verse, a couple verses before what we read, verse number 16, it says, he being Jesus went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up and read. Here's what happened. Jesus shows up on the synagogue on Sabbath and what would happen is guys would get up and they would read from the scripture and then talk about it. And so Jesus gets a hold of the scroll from the book of Isaiah. If you're familiar, you know, once upon a time, there wasn't all these bound up in one book. It was like, you, you've got the scroll for Isaiah. You've got the scroll for all these different books. So he takes the scroll for the book of Isaiah. He unrolls this thing, and he turns to what we would call Isaiah 61. He finds it in the scroll, finds this thing, and he reads. And it's a passage that we just read together from Isaiah 61, verse 1. And then after he's done, it says that he he rolls the scroll up. You can read this. It rolls the scroll up, puts the thing away. And then he says these words. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What's he saying? This whole thing, it's about me. This whole story, this Messiah you've been waiting for, because these people have been waiting for this prophecy to come. They've been waiting for the one who was who to come, to be the king, to be the savior, to be the one to rescue people, the one to heal, the one to save. That's what they've been waiting for. And so Jesus comes and he resonates. That one you're waiting for, that's me. I'm the one you've been waiting for. And what I love in this moment is that, There's so many passages of scripture that Jesus could have read in this moment because there's a lot of prophecy about Jesus. You go through the book of Isaiah, there's all this prophecy and he could have read about the fact that I'm gonna be this king who's gonna come and and be in control. He could have talked about his power and his might. He could have talked about the fact that I'm gonna suffer on your behalf, but no, what does he do? He chooses what I would consider one of the most personal passages about what his arrival means for every single one of us. And that's when we get to What we read in verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He being Jesus, he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the abreast free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, when you read this, it just kind of feels like a long list, doesn't it? especially when you read the very first verse, right? The spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointing me to preach good news to the poor. That's number one. And then there's a bunch of other ones after that. But the reality of this is a summary statement for what's about to come. So we ask, okay, who is the poor? Glad you asked that, everyone. Who is the poor? It is the prisoners. It is the blind. It is the oppressed. Now, some poor are poor because they are prisoners. What is a prisoner? A prisoner is someone who is in bondage of their own doing. They've done th- Think about it. You do something, you get in trouble, you get thrown into prison, right? Some people are poor because of that reason. There's other poor that are blind. Who are the blind that he's talking about? The blind are people who simply cannot see the truth anymore. They've been blinded. They can't see anything anymore. But it's more than just that. The poor can also be the oppressed. Who are the oppressed? The oppressed aren't people who who did something and got themselves into trouble. No, the oppressed are those who have a heaviness placed on them for something they didn't even do. They are now the oppressed. The question is, okay, why are we talking about this? What does this have to do with every one of us There's a simple truth I want you to get a hold of. Every every week when I speak around here, I uh, I always say there's a big so what. So what? What's the point of this thing? Because I don't want anyone to ever walk in the door and be like, I don't know what he was talking about up there today. The big so what from this morning is this. We are the poor. We are the poor. You might not think of yourself that way. You might think like, I'm a pretty good guy. (laughs) I'm doing all right. I got money in the bank. I'm not poor like you're talking about, Greg. But spiritually speaking, we are the poor. Every one of us. We are the prisoners, we are the blind. We are the oppressed. We are the ones. Some of you feel it, others of you don't, but it doesn't really matter because the spiritual reality is that apart from Christ, we are the poor. We are the ones that Jesus came to speak life to. We are the ones he came to proclaim freedom to. We're the ones in bondage who desperately need a savior. We are the poor. Some of us, we are the poor because we are the prisoner. As I said, every single one of us because of our sin, right, we are in a bondage of our own doing. We put ourselves in this circumstance because we have knowingly gone the wrong direction. We have sinned against God, and the result is we are prisoners of our own sin. But I would say it's more than just simply that because there are some of you here, you are prisoners to your past. You're prisoners to your past. You've got stuff in the back, right, back in the history, of your life that you're super embarrassed by, and you still think about it. It still holds you in bondage. You're a prisoner there. Some of you are prisoners to your mistakes. You've made a mistake somewhere along the way, like you've hurt someone, you've gone sideways somewhere, and you still regret that moment. You can think back to that moment and say, if I could change something about my life, I'd have never done that. And as a result, you are a prisoner. You are in bondage to that thing from the past. Some of us, we are prisoners to our habits. There's just this behaviors that just keep up. You can't seem to stop. You can't break it. You're just going over and over and over. And you're a prisoner to this. And some of you, that habit has gotten so strong, you are a prisoner to your addiction. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's an addiction to something sexual. Maybe it's an addiction to some chemical. Maybe it's an addiction to some other thing that you're struggling in your mind. I don't know what it is, but, but that is the struggle that you have. And you are a prisoner in that area of your life. For some of us, we are Prisoners just simply to ourselves. We can't seem to get out of our own way. We're constantly por- forcing ourselves and doing things to put ourselves in stupid situations. Like, I can't believe this. I, I'm a I'm prisoner. I'm putting myself in jail over and over and over again. For some of us, we are prisoners because of our own thoughts. You've got these thoughts that you just can't get away from. They're constantly thinking, oh, regrets. You can't stop it, right? And you're in prison. You wish you could think about something else, but you can't. Every time you put your head on the pillow, that's the thing that comes back to your mind. And you're a prisoner. We're not just prisoners. There's some of us that I'd say we are blind. The reason we are poor is because we are blind. We are so confused by the philosophies of the world, the way everybody else says, the way our family has told us we should do things, the way our friends are leading us, the way culture is telling us. We're so blind to what God has for us, we don't even know where to look anymore, We can't find clarity. We wish we did. We wish he knew the answer. We wish he knew what way we should walk. We wish we knew where we should go, but we don't. We're just blind. We're poor. There's others of us that would say we're we're poor because we are the oppressed. There's some of you in here, you're, you're not in bondage because of something you did. You're in bondage because of something someone else has done. Some of you have been hurt. Really bad. Maybe you've, you've got a, a relationship in your life. Maybe your parents got a divorce and it just ripped you apart. You didn't have any, it wasn't your fault. You didn't do it, but it's breaking you and it hurts your heart. And you're in this position of being oppressed. Some of you, you're hurt because of a relationship. Maybe it was a spouse who's hurt you. Some of you, maybe you're sitting next to your spouse and you were, you're gritting your teeth and bearing it, but that spouse has cheated on you and you're still broken inside. And you feel a burden, a burden, a heaviness on your heart, right? Some of us have experienced that. Some of you have had a spouse totally walk away, right? And you feel a heaviness. It was not your fault necessarily, but there's a heaviness on you. There's some of you that are are broken. Seriously, you just had a, a cruddy hand dealt to you in life. There's no way around it. I've met people like that. There's nothing that they did. They just simply have had a hard life. Things haven't worked out. Maybe it's financially. Maybe it's in your health, in your body. Your body isn't working like it's supposed to. And you're frustrated and you feel this heaviness on you. I don't know what you're experiencing. There's some of you out there that have just experienced loss. Maybe you've lost somebody this past year. Lost somebody you cared about deeply. And there's a heaviness on your heart. There's a brokenness on your heart. We may not think about it. Very often. Because we try to, you know, we're, we're good people and we just try to grit our teeth and bear it, right? Just try to go along with life. But the reality is so many of us recognize when you think about it, I am the poor. I'm the one who needs some good news right now. I'm the one who needs life spoken to me. And there is good news for you. Why? Because this is exactly why Jesus came. He didn't come so we could just get around and have cute little church services or so we could set up cute little nativity scenes or so we could gather together on Christmas Eve and just sing Silent Night and try and have a little warm fuzzy in our heart. He came to burst into every one of our stories to breathe his eternal life, his light, his hope, his joy, and ultimately to bring freedom to every single one of us who finds ourselves in bondage. That is the good news of the gospel. Okay? He came for us. He came for us. We were the ones that were lost. We were the ones that were broken. But he doesn't say, ugh, I don't want to deal with those people. No, what does he say? I will give my very son for those people. I will reach into the circumstances of their life, and I will bring freedom to the captives. That is the good news of the gospel. And I know there is somebody who walked in today, and you need this truth. You've been walking around, roaming around life, not knowing where to look. This is the hope you've been looking for. It is Christ in you the hope of glory That's right. That's that is why he came I don't know why you walked in the door I don't know what you're carrying when you walk in the door today but I believe this there is power in the name of Jesus there is power in the name of Jesus I'm going to invite our worship team out and there was a was about, about three or four months ago our worship team led us in a song. Uh, and it was in that moment I heard that song, and I'm like, copy, paste. We're going we're to play that one again in December. Because I believe that there is a truth in this song that every one of us needs to get a hold of. And it's this that there is power in the name of Jesus for us, there is salvation in the name of Jesus. But it's more than just simply salvation, because there are some of you who are followers of Christ, and you walk in these doors on a weekly basis. You do, and you're carrying chains that have not been set free, because you haven't allowed him to do that in your life. You see, you know what? I'm going to live with these chains around me. I'm going to live with it. And my prayer this morning, my prayer is that every single one of us would recognize the hope that is in Christ. It says this in the book of Philippians, chapter 2. It says, that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And the reason Christ came is not just to save our soul, but to bring freedom to the captive. And there is hope and there is power in Christ. And there was hope and there was power in the name of Jesus. And my prayer is that the truth of that reality would come alive in us today. And that every single one of us could experience the hope that he has. I'm going to allow God to speak to you as we listen to this song.
1: I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind because I know there is peace within his presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Cuz your name is power Your name is healing every stronghold shine through the shadows burn like a
2: fire I just want to speak the name of Jesus over fear and all anxiety to every soul Jesus
1: Jesus from the mountains and Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name, His name is Jesus. Shout Jesus from
2: Jesus, in the darkness, over every enemy, Jesus,
1: Cause I know there is peace within His presence. I speak, Jesus.
2: Jesus. Jesus. Jesus.
0: Jesus. Jesus. I'm gonna ask you to grab a seat just for a moment. My prayer is that that, that's just not a nice little emotional moment for you to experience a song, but that the truth and the reality of Christ would come alive in our hearts. Because I think there's so many of us that walk in chains that could be free, but we simply don't trust him. We don't look to him. We look to every other place except him. There is hope in the name of Jesus. There is life in the name of Jesus. There is salvation in the name of Jesus. There is peace to your heart. Peace that doesn't make sense. As it says in Philippians, the peace that doesn't make sense can guard your heart if you will put your trust in the right person, if you will put your hope in Christ. But how do we respond to this thing? How do we respond? It's great that we are the poor, but how do we respond? Jesus talks about this in Matthew chapter five. It's the beginning of the sermon on the mount and and he's going about to start the beatitudes some of you are familiar with the beatitudes and the very first one is blessed are who the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven what does that mean you want to experience all the good things you want to experience what god has for you you want to experience the blessings of the kingdom of god it comes in one way when you become poor in spirit what does that mean when you recognize the reality that you are spiritually bankrupt apart from Christ, you see, as long as we think we can fix it, as long as we think we can get our stuff together and then everything will be all right. Oh, I just got to learn some new skills. I just got to learn how to think better. No, 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 you need a Savior. That's the reality. And until you get to that point, there's no hope for you. There's no hope for me. But the good news of the gospel is that all the good things are available, not when you earn them, but when you receive them through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the good news of the gospel. And in fact, the passage that we read, Jesus is quoting Isaiah 61. The passage doesn't finish there. I want to go to Isaiah 61. As he's talking about this, I'm going to proclaim freedom for the captives, release of darkness for the prisoners, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It goes on to comfort all who mourn, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead. of ashes. Some of you have been living the ashes. God wants to do a restorative and a redemptive work in your life if you would allow him. It says that instead of uh, an oil of joy, instead of mourning, some of you have been broken and God wants to bring healing to your heart. A garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. You've been living the despair. God wants to give you something better. But it only comes when we recognize that we need him and that he's the only hope. This morning, I want to I close just with a story because there's a character in scripture that I think every single one of us, someday we have to get to the point of living like him. His name was Bartimaeus. Maybe you're familiar with the story. Bartimaeus was a blind man. He talks about this in Mark chapter 10. He's outside of the city and he hears this crowd that is coming, right? He hears the crowd and he's like, hey, what's going on? I can't see what's going on. What's, what's happening? And they tell him, this Jesus is about to pass by. And see, Bartimaeus has a, a revelatory moment. He realizes that's my only hope. Like I'm never gonna be able to see unless Jesus does a miracle in my life. And so what does he do? He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody around him is like, Shh, stop. Quit saying that embarrassing us, right? Stop it. He says, no, I don't care. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he's yelling and he's screaming and he gets Jesus' attention and Jesus walks over and says, what do you want? He says, I want to see. You're my only hope and I want to see. Jesus says, your faith has healed you he was healed, not because he was amazing, because he figured something out. No, he was healed because he knew his only hope was Jesus, and he wasn't done asking until he saw a miracle in his life. And I believe there's some of us that sit and we think we're the answer. I'm going to have somebody else solve the problem for me. We don't recognize that we are the poor, but good news, Jesus came for the poor. If you will turn to him, he will give you salvation, but he can also do the miraculous work in your life that you desperately need. There are some of you that need the chains broken he can break chains he can bring freedom but will you ask him and will you turn to him as your only hope give us a chance to respond here in a moment somebody here this morning and you've never put your faith in Christ you are in bondage to your sin and you know it you've headed the wrong direction you've gone your own way Maybe you've done the church thing. You've shown up to church before. You know you've done the religious thing, but you've never experienced freedom in Christ by surrendering your life to Him and receiving a brand new beginning and a new life. This morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. But there's others of you that I would say that you, you hear, you hear on a regular basis, but you're carrying something this morning. Maybe you are in the heaviness of a prison that you've stepped into yourself. Maybe you're in a place where you're desperately needing direction in your life and you feel like you're the blind one. You need to come to him. There's other of you that are carrying pressed feeling in your heart because of something that's taken place this morning, I'm praying that God would do a miraculous work. I can't do it for you. I can't talk good enough up here and set you free, but I do believe in our savior who has all power and authority in his hand and I'm trusting him to do the miraculous and the supernatural in your heart today. All right? Can we take a moment to respond? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes across the room? Father, we thank you so much that you are a victorious God that we can trust. This isn't just a cute story we tell ourselves to try and feel good. It's a spiritual truth. It's a historical reality that has the possibility of changing everything about us and leading us into relationship with God Almighty. And Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts to that reality today. With every head bow and every eye closed this morning, uh, there's somebody in, in the room or online with us right now I know that has not responded to Jesus. Oh, you've done the church thing, but you are in bondage right now and you know it. It says that scripture that, that our sin condemns us The things that we do wrong, it condemns us. And the the wages of sin, the result of sin is death. But it says the gift of God is eternal life, not through your goodness, but through Jesus Christ. That's where your hope is. And if you would put your faith and your trust in Jesus, in his death and his resurrection, his atonement, what he did on your behalf to take your sin away, if you would put your faith in him and not just simply believe, but to entrust your life to him, to make him the Lord and the leader of your life, you can receive salvation and a brand new beginning and peace with God. And if that's you this morning and you wanna respond to Jesus, I'm gonna challenge you right now to lift a hand across the room and say, that's me. I wanna respond to Jesus. I wanna experience brand new. Yes. That's you. I'm going to give a moment. Some of you need to respond. That's you. Just lift a hand across the room. Would you respond to him right now? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? Several hands across the room. Thank you, Jesus. I don't want to move past this moment if you need to respond. Thank you, God. If you're with me in the room or online, I encourage everyone if you pray this out loud as I I pray, dear Jesus, thank you for pursuing me. Thank you for sending your son for me. Thank you for dying for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I need a savior. I ask Jesus to forgive my sins. I ask you to be my leader and my God. And I pray that you would help me to live for you. I turn away from my old life and I turn toward you. Have your way in my heart, Jesus. Jesus' name, amen. Amen, would you stand with me across the room? If that was a decision that you made today, that was the greatest decision. There were probably six, seven hands that went up. I'm praying that this would be the beginning of a journey for you. And if it is, this is the place you need to be, a place of where, where your faith can be built up and encouraged.